Welcome to the Powerhouse Youth Podcast. We're glad that you're joining us today, and we hope that this builds you up and helps you live out your faith. Enjoy the message. doing good tonight? Are you alive? I don't know why. Today just makes me feel like I just really need a nap. That maybe is every day, but uh, especially now that we're getting ready for the holidays. Are you excited for the holidays? Are you going to gain 10 pounds next week? I will, and then I'll feel really bad about myself, but I do it every year. Uh, also, if you did not know, I just have a really important announcement to make. Christmas tree cakes are out, and they will change your life if you haven't eaten one. Go to Walmart tonight and get a box. You haven't eaten one? Oh. (laughs) I was about to say, you need to get saved. You hadn't had one. But uh, yeah, man, they are awesome, so check those out. Hey, a couple of announcements uh, real quick. I do want, men to invite everybody to come and hang out this Sunday night at 6 o'clock. Man, we're going to have a little time of worship, uh, hang out. We're going to pray together for a few minutes, too. I'm telling you, it's going to be a really good night. It's going to be uh, student-led, so come and be a part of that. Also, uh, I found this out yesterday, today. Um, I'm going to actually be uh, sharing at Genoa's FCS in the morning so come and hang out with me. We got any Genoa folks in the house? <laughs> yeah, what's up? What's up? Uh, I'm going to be at the high school. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Invite me to the middle school and I'll come. Uh, we'll try my best to come at least. Uh, but anyway, come and hang out with us. Uh, but tonight, uh, we actually are going to do something a little different. We are going to have some of our leaders share for our panel. Uh, the last two weeks, we've been in our series called Broken. And uh, man, I really hope that it's encouraged you. I know a lot of us, man, we, we deal with some big things, some big issues, family problems, drama. Uh, man, we've, we've gone through some things that just kind of leave you feel uh, feeling shattered at uh, certain times of your life, man, whether it's losing loved ones or just whatever it is. And, and tonight, uh, instead of us preaching a big message, what we kind of wanted to do uh, we, we wanted to have just a few of our leaders up front and just to share with you uh, just kind of uh, some personal remarks and thoughts that they have just about the topic of brokenness and even some personal stories, uh, just kind of how God has helped uh, us through uh, some of our brokenness and issues we've had to deal with in the past. So I think it'll, uh, man, it'll help you. I think it'll speak to you. So uh, pay attention tonight. I think it's going to be good. Let's pray, and, uh, and then we'll get it started, okay? So uh, bow your heads with me. Lord, we do come to you in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for every person that's here. God, every student, every leader. And Lord, uh, we just thank you for your presence uh, that's here, Lord, especially during worship. And God, we just pray that you would have your way in us tonight. You would come, you'd speak through the leaders, and uh, God, that you would speak to our hearts. And so, Lord, we just give you this time. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. Well, hey, tonight, Mr. Josh is going to kick us off. So y'all make some noise for Joshua Jones. (laughs) What's up, PH? Uh, Today we're talking about brokenness, and I wanted to talk specifically about two types of brokenness. I think all of it falls within these two categories. Uh, But the first type is what I would call circumstantial brokenness, where it all, it has nothing to do with your actions. It's just in the circumstances that you were placed in and uh, nothing of your own fault. And then obviously the other uh, side of that is I would call the self-inflicted brokenness where you've done something wrong, you've made a bad choice, and because of your actions, you found yourself in a broken state. And so first I wanna talk about the circumstantial brokenness. Uh, this, an example of this would be, you know, a family member passes away, parents getting divorced, uh, you know, a friend committing suicide, something of that nature to where you're just in a rough spot and, um, and you're broken. Uh, some examples in the Bible, you know, you have people who have uh, physical ailments such as blind man, crippled man, uh, the woman with the issue of blood who touched the hem of Jesus' garment, um, the even like the 12-year-old girl who passed away and God ro- and Jesus rose from the dead and, and examples like Job as well where he was righteous, you know, even God was bragging on him right before he hit his state of brokenness, lost all of his wealth, all of his children passed away and nothing to their own doing, but they still found themselves in a state of brokenness. And um, I wanna read a scripture, Romans 5, three through five. And it says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. 
and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And so when we find ourselves in this situation, it, the immediate reaction is obviously, dang it, I'm broken, right? Uh, these, these circumstances aren't great, but we need to take a step back and say, you know, this is gonna produce character in us. This is gonna give us, this is gonna help us uh, with our endurance and we're gonna have hope and we're gonna better lean on God's strength. And I think that is, it's a humbling place to be, but at the same time, it's, it's a place of strength because you're not the one who's carrying that burden. Uh, you, can, you can give that to God. Um, you know, and a, a, a story or an example of this that hits close to home is um, Pastor John's wife, Miss Linnell. Uh, she, I don't think she's ever done one thing wrong in her entire life. Uh, she's, uh, she's about as righteous as you can get. And then, you know, seven years ago, she found herself uh, diagnosed with breast cancer. And um, she found herself broken. And a lot of times we don't know, we want to say, why God, why? But someone who was as close to God as she was, she got even that much closer. And she went on a whole new level of depth with her relationship with Christ. And um, at the time, I'm sure she didn't really know why she was going through all that. But she has been a testament, a testimony. Her testimony has been a testament to her relationship, and it's helped so many other people with their relationship with God. And um, thousands of people have been touched by her story, and she has gotten closer to God. And so we see where, in a bad circumstance, um, God's plan prevails, and it's better than what we could think of on our own. So um, a lot of times we find ourselves in that situation, but know that God is sovereign and know that God's in control. Um, obviously, the second one, the self-inflicted uh, brokenness. Uh, some examples of these in the Bible would be Rahab. You know, she was a prostitute. That was a decision she had. She made herself. Um, David, when he slept with Bathsheba, you know, because of that, she got pregnant, and um, you know, God caused a miscarriage for that, or a, I guess a, a childbirth. Yeah, and um, and then you look at Saul, and who became Paul later on. He murdered Christians. And he inflicted his state of brokenness upon himself. Um, look at Samson, right? He disobeyed um, his, his covenant with God, and he succumbed to the temptation of Delilah. And because of that, he ended up blind, and he had, he, it cost him his life. Um, and the woman caught in adultery, I, I like this story because obviously she shouldn't have been doing what she was doing, but... Um, I'm going to read the scripture from John 8, verses 10 through 11. It says, Jesus stood up. This is after he said, who, who, those, the person who has not sinned, throw the first stone at her. And, and so this is after everybody departed because everybody had sinned. And Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on and sin no more. And I love this picture that God creates because we're, if we picture ourselves in this scenario, we're that broken lady who committed adultery. She was in a time of brokenness and God said, I do not condemn you. I want you to go and sin no more. And I love that picture because we can apply that directly to our lives. And I want you to keep this in mind that God still has a perfect plan for you, even if you're in your brokenness because of your own fault, right? Um, and I wanna piece these two verses together. I'm almost done here, but 1 Corinthians 2, 9, it says, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. And Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that, all, that, that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So what we get from those two verses is that God has a plan and it's good, right? And this is so encouraging in time of our brokenness. And if you don't remember anything that I say, remember this. God's perfect plan for your life is not contingent upon you being perfect. Yeah. It's contingent upon God being perfect. And that needs to be encouraging. God has a plan for your life, and he's not like, oh, you sinned. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do now. <laughs> no, he knows. He knows what's going to happen. And a lot of times we just give up and we say, God can, you know, I've already messed God's plan up. No, you haven't. God is not fooled by your sins. He's all-knowing. He's omniscient. And he's, 
and his plan is still gonna come to fruition. And we have to trust in God's sovereignty and know that there is a reason behind our brokenness. Even if it was our own fault, God is still gonna work something out and that should encourage us. Um, you know, Throughout the whole book of Revelation, it talks about overcoming and overcoming your obstacles, whether it's you know, overcoming temptation, overcoming your brokenness. And God wants us to overcome and he, he promises these eight blessings in, in the book of Revelation for those who overcome. I don't know what all these are, so bear with me, but they all sound good. Tree of life, we get to avoid the second death. We get hidden manna, he gives us a new name. We rule and we have power over the nations. He will cleanse us and will not blot our name out of the Lamb's book of life. We'll be a pillar in the temple of God. You will get to sit in the throne with God and you will inherit all things and be a son of God. Guys, I know it's in the, when we're in the midst of brokenness, it can feel frustrating. But at the same time, we should part of us should want to look forward to brokenness because that's when we can overcome. And when we overcome, that's when God's going to reward us. And he's looking for that. And so um, don't be discouraged in these situations because we know that God has a plan. I'm going to finish with this last verse, Revelation 22, 13. It says, God says that I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last the beginning and the end. And let me tell you, there's nothing you can do that's gonna interrupt his plan. So be encouraged and say, well, the Bible says that the righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up seven times. So when you fall and you're in brokenness because of your own doing, get back up because that's what a righteous man does. Yeah. Amen. I wanna say something real quick. Um, you know, I think it's pretty funny. A lot of times you have messed up stuff happen in your life and we can be the first one to get upset or like angry about it. And nine times out of 10 in my own life, I've realized that I'm the one who's caused it. Have you ever been there? It's like, okay, well, if I wouldn't have been stupid and done that, like none of this would have happened. And, and what I think is so cool, you know, you reference like the story of Samson, the story of David, like all these things where they made big mistakes. They found themselves in a place of brokenness. But when you follow their story, what, what happens? Their brokenness is what makes them look back to God, and then God comes and restores them, right? And so, you know, if you're in this season, that's kind of what this whole series is, uh, is about. If you're in a season of brokenness where things are hurting, things are hard, things are, are looking bad, I mean, you're, you're upset, you're aggravated, whatever, uh, man, would you just turn your eyes to God and our God is a God of restoration and healing, and help. he'll help you. Uh, you know, the story of Samson, uh, obviously, Delilah cut his hair off, remember? And he woke up, and he wasn't strong anymore, which is pretty funny. Uh, but and, and he gets captured by the Philistines and all these things, but he turns his eyes to God. He's in prayer, and it says after a time had passed, his hair had begun to grow, Right? And, uh, and it was this picture of him turning his eyes back to God. Uh, the power wasn't really in his hair, okay? All of us would grow a ponytail if that's how it worked, <laughs> and it would be hideous. <laughs> but uh, that, the, the power was in his relationship with God, and because he turned his heart back to him, God restored him. And so if you're in a season of brokenness, turn your heart to God. It's the only thing that can heal you or fix you. Amen? Amen. That was good. So uh, what I have to speak about is very similar to what Pastor Cole and Josh were talking about. Um, when Cole asked me to, he's like, hey, we're going to do a panel. Do you feel like the Lord, you know, do you want to speak? And I was like, it, in my mind, I made a joke. I was like, because I got a lot of brokenness in my past. Is that why you're asking me to speak on brokenness? And um, all jokes aside, um, that's true. <laughs> so um, it's, it's something that I have, have looked over and been brought back to many times just because I love to see where God has brought me out of. But um, just like Josh was saying, there are, I feel like there are two kinds of brokenness. And I feel the need to say that if, something, if something's happened to you that was completely out of your control, if somebody's hurt you, if somebody's done you wrong, somebody that's close, and it has caused brokenness in your life, there is no amount of brokenness that is unredeemable regardless of what has been done to you, and that there is a place where God can heal it. Um, and I just feel like I needed to say that. But for my story, a lot of my brokenness in my teenage and college years were from plain old my bad decisions. Um, in high school, a lot of my bad decisions were made with just who I hung out with, um, the things I laughed at, the jokes I made, um, just the language I spoke, all of those did not glorify God. 
And so it was kind of like a snowball effect that like nothing really bad happened to me. And I didn't feel very broken about my sin, but on the outside, I wanted people to think I was a Christian. And so I went to church, did these things, still kind of lived like this double life. And um, in college, just continued this, it, it, it almost was like this big thing was growing and it was my sin and my hidden sin in college, you know, just feeling the need to always have a boyfriend, feeling the need to always date and then making bad decisions with those people and then and making bad decisions with, you know, putting myself in parties where there was drinking and drugs and alcohol and all these types of things. And I got to a point in college where I wanted to be in nursing school so bad and I got in. And then I was dating a guy who was not good for me, he was not good for anything. He didn't want anything to do with the Lord, but I did. Um, but then half of me did not. And I still kept making these bad decisions until I was in my first semester of nursing school and I actually failed. I failed by like this much. And it was because I had made so many bad decisions and my whole life was wrapped around getting into nursing school. Like I have to get in. I'm the first one in my family to go to college. Like I have to be successful. And so whenever I failed, my first semester of nursing school, I went to Arkadelphia and there's a highway, Highway 7, and I was so broken. It was like every decision I'd made up to that point, I was like trying to get my life to this one point and I failed at that one point and it was all me. It was all my fault. It wasn't my teacher, even, even though that was my first thought. It wasn't my teacher, it was me. And I was so broken because I knew it was me. I took a walk down a highway and it was a very busy highway. And it was, I just remember feeling this like dark, heavy brokenness at night walking down this highway. It was right after I uh, figured out that I wasn't going to progress in the program. And I had never been that broken in my entire life. Like I, everything was wrong. I was not going to graduate college. I hated my boyfriend, but couldn't get rid of him because I just didn't have the confidence. And I just remember thinking it was the only time in my life that I've ever had a thought run across my mind. I'm so broken and I can't get out of it and I can't call my mom and tell her and I can't talk to anybody because I'm a failure. And the thought crossed my mind in an instant, like what if I just step in front of one of these trucks? And it was the lowest point of my entire life. And I, looking back now, I just think about what would have happened if I'd have done that. <laughs> And who I would have affected. And how, in retrospect, silly Kelsey, like God pulled you through it. But in that moment, I was so broken and nobody could tell me anything other than that you were a failure. And that you didn't succeed and that you weren't going to progress and that your life was going to amount to nothing. But in that moment, after I thought that thought, I sat down in a parking lot on the side of a highway at 9 o'clock at night. And all I remember thinking in my mind was like, you need to trust me. You need to trust me. And that's all I heard. And I really feel like the Lord really spoke to me because I'd grown up in church and I'd heard the words, but I hadn't really felt it in my heart to put it into action. And he said, you need to trust me. And so turning my life around and running to God was the most humbling thing I'd ever done because all those peoples I partied with, peoples, all those people I partied with, the boyfriend I broke up with, I made a bunch of people mad, not hanging out with them, not laughing at the same things. I had to change a lot of things in my life because I realized the things that I was doing was causing my brokenness. And so I tell you that story just to say that there's no amount of brokenness you can get to that God can't say, hey, yeah, it looks messy, but... Now, fast forward, um, six or seven years later, now I teach nursing. <laughs> and God just, it brought me out of a very dark place. And it only happened because I humbly came to him in a time when I was the most broken. And I'm actually really thankful for that time because I don't think I'd be as close to the Lord if I didn't realize at that moment how much I needed him to just change my entire situation. And um, But I think that you guys just needed to hear that story tonight just because if you're in that broken place, it's not too broken. And then years later, you're going to look back and you're going to think, man, I was silly for feeling that broken. And I was silly for not running to God sooner. So. Hey, guys. Um, so when Cole texted me about talking for this um, panel um, I didn't really give it much thought, and then uh, to say 
then the next week, <laughs> he texted me again um, to see if, you know, I had anything to talk about. And I still didn't because um, I think I was putting off what I wanted to share. Um, and knowing myself, I'm probably going to cry. But <laughs> I'll try my best not to. So um, what I want to share tonight, um, I don't think I've ever been as open as I will be because um, for the longest time, um, I just didn't, never wanted to share it because I would see and hear what everybody else has gone through and compare it to what I've gone through and think, you know, that it doesn't compare to them. They have it so much worse than I did. So who am I to complain about my problems and what's made me feel broken? But um, I think it's important to not diminish uh, what it is that's made you feel broken because it's valid. Because if it wasn't, then you wouldn't have felt that way. So no matter what it is that has made you feel that way, it, it's important to um, just acknowledge it and not think it's not important compared to anybody else. And I hope that part makes sense. Okay, so... Um, what I want to talk about is um, just brokenness from emotional scars. And, you know, I'm thankful to say that I, I don't have any physical scars from, you know, my life. But I definitely do carry around some emotional scars from my past. Um, and it's because, you know, for the longest time in my life, um, I just was um, spoken to very poorly. Uh, <laughs> Um, I just wasn't treated the best by somebody I love. Um, on a daily basis, I was just talked down to. I was basically bullied for just so long. Um, and it wasn't something that I like to admit, because, again, it's like, oh, this is nothing compared to anybody else. But um, it's definitely, obviously, emotionally scarred me because, you know, I'm crying about it right now. <laughs> but... um. I think it's, again, important to acknowledge that and face that. Uh, so let me see where I'm at. Okay. Um, so during that time in my life, um, I can definitely say that what happened to me, um, I, I carry it to this day. Um, and I feel like a lot of it can be seen through when you guys make those comments. And I don't take offense at all. But when you guys make those comments of like, oh, Bethany, you're so unemotional or you don't show any feelings. And I I'm not going to argue with you. Like, that's completely true. <laughs> but um, I think it's because, you know, I had to adapt that way because of the situation that I was in. Um, because if I did, I was just, you know, treated poorly because of it. Um, so... Yeah, that's why I am the way I am today. Um, and it's hard for me to, you know, admit that and face that. But it's important to share it with you guys and be transparent because um, one thing I noticed in all of your surveys was, you know, the leaders don't understand how broken we are or they don't know what we're going through. And I want to say that's false. Like, we have gone through so many things to where we are today, that has broken us. So every one of us has our own testimony. Every one of us has gone through something that has uh, brought us down in life. Um, but I just want to share this with you, and hopefully, you know, this can be encouraging before my three final parts, and it will go by quick. Um, but when I was thinking about tonight, um, the Lord just put this image in my head yesterday of when I was talking about physical scars and emotional scars. But I just want you to picture that physical scar in your head for a moment. Um, and I just want to read this real quick. Um, a physical scar is always going to be there. You can't change it or take it away. When you look at it, the memory of how you got it pops up and you remember the pain you went through to get it. But in order for it to be a scar, it has to have, heal it has to, you know, have healed. Um, the same thing happens with our emotional scars. Yes, we're going to have those days where those memories and the pain of those memories come back because, you know, I have those days myself. I'm going to be honest. But just like a physical scar, those emotional scars can heal too. They'll heal when you don't think about the scars anymore because you don't feel the pain anymore. So I'm not saying that you're going to spend the rest of your days, you know, um, broken from what, from what you're in, the situation you're in right now. There is healing that can come from it. And I'm not saying, and I feel like this is um, a mis, 
understanding of the Christian Christian culture. It's like when you're broken and then you get healed, it's like you're still going to feel pain. You're still going to feel sadness. Those days are going to happen. But it's important to know and who you're going to turn to and what you're going to do. Um, so I just want to say the three things that helped me, you know, that still continue to help me because I'm being honest when I say those memories still come back, that pain still comes back. But in order for me to overcome those feelings and those memories, you know, the first thing is to read the word to counteract the lies of the enemy. The, the lies that were told to me throughout those years definitely messed up, you know, my mind and the way I thought and sometimes it still does. But, you know, when I go into the word and I see what he says about me and, he's, and I see what, you know, he calls us to do, it changes my actions and my thoughts, which re- brings me to my second point, which is bringing my cares to God and verbally talking to him like my closest friend. So I just want to ter- share two verses, and it's Psalm 52, 22. And it says, give all your worries to the Lord and he will care for you. He will never let those who are good be defeated. And then Psalm 145, 18 to 19, it says, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. I want to say it's important to go to God in that quiet time and verbally talk to him to get on your knees and say, God, this is what I'm going through. But just like we sang tonight, he sees you right where you're at. You know, you're not forgotten like Dora was saying this Wednesday. He sees you. He knows the numbers on your numbers of hairs on your head. He knows what you're going through. And I want to say you're not alone because he sent his presence to be with us. Okay, and then my last point. <laughs> okay, and I think this is hard for me to do. I'm going to be honest. Um, and thankfully we talked about it this past Wednesday. But praying and blessing that person who hurts you the most. It's hard for me to do, but, you know, when I'm in that prayer time, um, I ask the Lord to bless that person. I, I pray for just favor to be upon their life, um, for great things to happen. Um, so these two verses I want to share. Matthew five forty four. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Mark eleven twenty five. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. And I'll sum it up real quick. Pray and forgive for those who hurt you, because you and yourself will be blessed by that. And there's healing that comes from that. There's freedom from the past that comes for praying for that person. Um, And I just want to encourage you with that. Sorry if that was long. But yeah. All right, guys, y'all good and depressed yet? (laughs) Yeah, Cole picked a terrible series for us to do a panel on. I do want to say real quick before I get into what I'm doing, because it's been super serious and that makes me uncomfortable. Um, Braylon's been taking pictures over here and she'll take a picture and start laughing and then look straight at me. And I'm really not sure what's coming out. Oh no, <laughs> she's bringing it up here. All right, this does not count as my time. We have that one. Okay. About two minutes later, yeah. we're making the same face. Yeah, going- we're not showing people those pictures. Thank you, thank you, Braylon. <laughs> All right, um, yeah, so when Cole texted me, I did not respond to him. I left him on red and then he told me I was doing the panel, so... <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> um, I do want to say, I think it was super cool. Um, some of the things I just had to write down because they were talking about it. And I felt like it was so powerful. And especially Bethany was hitting on being changed by your brokenness. And so when we talk about brokenness, we're not just talking about, hey, I've been through something, but I've been through something and it changed me. I've been through something and I'm not what I was before because of what I've been through. And in a negative way. And I just want to say, like, a lot, like, I'm, there's nothing I'm going to say tonight or any of us are going to say, and you're going to walk away and be like, oh, dang, I don't deal with that anymore. Because a lot of this brokenness, God can heal you from instantly, but a lot of the times, it's something that we have to sit with and grow closer to God through and trust him in. And it's something that God uses as a bad thing that he does not want to happen to us, but he uses to build us up through it. And so I think it's so cool how like we all have kind of different angles and different kinds of brokenness in our lives, things that has affected us. But I do wanna remind y'all real quick um, that God uses broken tools to build his kingdom, all right? And so God, he could do it on his own. 
But instead he said, hey, I want to use those people who are broken, those people who don't love me the way they should, those people who are messed up about what's gone on in life, and those are the people I want to use instead. And so I just think that is so cool. But um, whenever it comes to what I can talk about in brokenness, um, like there's a lot I could go into about like growing up in poverty and not having heat in the winter or air in the, in the summer, um, not knowing if we're going to have food tonight or not. But honestly, like I was going to talk a little bit about that, but it kind of paled in comparison to like the like how big of a deal it was to me by the fact that um, something that y'all, a lot of y'all probably would relate to more is the fact that when I was 14, my parents split and they stopped being parents after that. Now, whether your parents are together or not, I don't know. But what I felt was that I wasn't loved by my family. And the thing is, is there was nothing, I can even look back and say, hey, I was just like messed up. I was in the moment. I was emotional. No, like that was real. Like there were moments I had my sister, Cassandra, like she was little and she would lay in bed crying and I'm holding her and she's saying like, dad doesn't love me or mom doesn't love me. And I couldn't argue with her. Like that's broken. That's messed up, right? And so the thing is, is like, like Bethany said, like, I think we probably don't talk enough as people in general about the brokenness we've gone through, because I feel like it's so easy to look at somebody and think that they haven't gone through things or they haven't dealt with things or whatever, because we put on a face, we put on a front, but that's not even what I'm talking about. So I'm going to try to hurry up. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to say for me, I know I'm someone who words don't matter a lot to me. Like people will be like words of affirmation, just praise me or whatever. I mean, I like being praised. I ain't gonna lie. But I'm like, but prove it though. Like if you appreciate me, show me you appreciate me. All right, if you love me, show you me you love me. Don't just say it. And so whenever I hear Jesus loves you, when I hear, hey, God loves you so much, that like, it doesn't hit me. It's not something that affects me and it's something that should, but it's not. But then I have to personally be reminded that God loves me. And then I also have proof of that. And so I wanna share with y'all real quick, Psalm 139, 17 through 18. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. All right, Psalm 54, 10 says, for the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord who has mercy on you. Those are two of the hardest scriptures in the Bible for me to believe. Because as someone who the people in my life who were supposed to love me the most didn't, how, how, how can I look at God and say, yeah, I believe you love me? I've had no proof of that with people in my own lives. And the sad thing is, is I know there's other people in here who feel the same way. And I honestly, it'd probably be more people in here than we would imagine. So how can we look at God and say, hey, like I trust you love me whenever we've never really seen good proof of that from anybody in our lives. Some of us don't even know really what true love looks like. And the thing is, is if we keep looking to people to find that, what's gonna happen is we're gonna be disappointed every time. All right, so many of us keep going to relationships because we want somebody to love us and they're not gonna love us well. You know, we look at our family, we look at our friends, you look at us as youth leaders to love you well and we try, but like we're not gonna love you like you need to be loved. So the thing is, is only if we look anywhere else other than God, we're gonna be disappointed, we're gonna be let down and it's going to cause more brokenness in our lives. All right, so also I wanna look at John 3, 16 through 17, a scripture most of us know, but it says, for this is how God loved the world that he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. This verse and so many more shows that God's proven it. It's not just that he said it. He didn't say, I love you. He proved, I love you. He gave up everything to say, I love you and I want a relationship with you when we're the ones who betrayed him in the first place. So God loves us and he's proven it. And the cool thing is the part that is also pretty hard for me to believe that there's nothing we can do to change that. All right, we can't be bad enough to make him stop loving us and we can't be good enough to earn his love. 
All right, so if we look at Romans 8, 38 through 39, where it says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love, no power in the sky or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is a long list of things that are pretty intense. And he says, there's nothing, nothing that could happen. Like over and over and over again, nothing can separate us from the power of the love of Christ. Now we can refuse it though. And I do wanna address that real quick because he offers it as a gift and we have to accept it. And if you don't have a relationship with him, like talk to one of us afterwards that like we'll talk with you and that can change tonight because God offers his love freely. So I just wanna let y'all know for those of y'all who do know God specifically, don't let the mistakes of people you know affect your experience with God and affect your view of the only love that's ever going to be satisfying to you. See, he suffered so he could be with us and he's loved us perfectly. He stayed with us regardless of the stuff we've done, regardless of how many times we've betrayed him. And so I wanna ask y'all tonight, if you don't feel loved, if you don't feel satisfied in love from others and you don't feel love from God like you should, go home and ask him, show me how much you love me. Talk to him and then read the message he's already sent. The, the Bible, just in case you didn't catch that. So I guarantee you guys, <laughs> I guarantee you guys, yeah, it's, it's the only way you're ever going to be satisfied is in the love of Jesus. Clap for me, there we go. Come on, y'all show Anthony that you love him. <laughs> Prove your love to Anthony. <laughs> All right, so um, I'm gonna talk about something a little bit different. It's not as much of a personal story as it is um, just kind of more so not about uh, or not bearing the burden of your brokenness on your own, but um, really giving that to the Lord and letting him carry that burden for you. And so um, for those of you who were um, here for every week of the series, one week, I think it was the first week, Cole talked about viewing your brokenness um, as a gift and as an opportunity to draw near to the Lord. And so that's kind of what I'm gonna talk about tonight. Um, I've been reading a book called You Are Not Enough. And so um, as you can imagine, it's quite uplifting. I'm feeling really good about myself. So, um, but it's actually called You Are Not Enough and That's Okay. Um, so <laughs> I'm feeling a little better about myself. Um, but it really talks about escaping the toxic culture of self-love and self-reliance. Um, and instead of relying on ourselves, relying on God um, and embracing the fact that we can't do it on our own. Um, so as Christians, I think that it's extremely important that we never lose sight of the fact that we are all imperfect, sinful creatures that are in desperate need of a savior, right? I think if we get to the point where we feel like we're good enough or that we're enough, I think that's a really unhealthy place to be if we're not in a continual state of understanding our reliance and our dependence on the Lord. And so um, unfortunately, this is really contrary to um, the modern day culture of self-reliance and self-love and de deification of ourself, right? We kind of put ourselves in the place of God and think that we can do it on our own and think that we are good enough. Um, we're constantly told to do whatever makes you happy, find your truth, follow your heart, you know, do whatever your heart desires. So that's kind of the, the message of our culture um, today. Um, but unfortunately, this hasn't been working. So like if, if the pursuit of what makes us happy is supposed to make us happy, um, why aren't we happy, right? So like um, you might know that um, Americans under the age of 40 have the highest rates of depression and suicide and feelings of loneliness than any generation before us. Um, so apparently what we're doing is not working. Um, if we are feeling this, this sense of purposelessness. We don't feel like we have a purpose in life. Um, and so we are clearly broken, like as a generation, as a, as a society, we are broken. 
Um, And we're told by the culture that we are enough and that the answers to our insecurities and our problems can be found within ourselves, right? Like if you you just watch any YouTuber or you watch any um, like vlogger on Instagram or whatever, they're always pushing to you, you're enough, like for moms, like you're a good enough mom, like don't compare yourself to other moms, like you're a good enough, you're beautiful the way that you are, all those things. Um, but when you hear these statistics about our depression and anxiety and all these things, like you have to realize that we are clearly not the answer to our own problems. Um, the solutions to our problems and pain, to our bro- brokenness ultimately is not found in self-love, but in God's love, right? So we are not the answer to our own problems, but his love actually compels us to self-sacrifice and not self-obsession or self-love, um, So essentially, um, I'm here to relay the message that you're not enough and you're never going to be enough, Um, but thankfully that's okay, and that's the way that it's supposed to be. So Ephesians 2, 1 through 9, I'm going to kind of skip around in some verses here, so just stick with me. It says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we were all we all once lived in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind but god being rich in mercy because of the great love in which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with christ by grace you have been saved for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing but the gift of god not a result of works so that no one may boast So most of us are probably pretty familiar with those last couple of scriptures, but my favorite part of the scripture is where it says, but God, right? So it talks about how we are are dead in our sin, that we are, you know, running away from God essentially, but it says, but God. And I think that it's important to understand that God is the answer to our brokenness. Uh, We are not enough on our own, but God in his perfection makes us whole. Um, We have hope in Jesus because once we realize that it's not our job to be sufficient, it's not our job to be enough, we can rest in the fact that the sovereign God of the universe um, can give us the confidence and the purpose for our lives. Um, We don't have what it takes to heal ourselves on our own from all the stories that you heard tonight. Um, The answer to all of those was them turning to God, right, and bringing their burdens to the Lord, Um, not reading a self-help book or watching a self-help blogger and feeling good about yourself. Um, Whether your brokenness comes from addiction or making wrong decisions or family issues or, you know, any of the things that we're talking about here or sin, whatever your situation looks like, you, you can't fix it on your own. Only when we surrender to our creator will we find peace and purpose. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. It's interesting to think about the fact that God made us needy for him, right? So like, if you feel needy, like God made you that way. He wants you to be needy for him and he never intended for you to carry your burdens on your own, but he wants to carry them for you and give you rest. Second Corinthians 12, nine says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Um, As Christians, we are continually on a journey of sanctification. And you might not know what sanctification means, but it's essentially striving continually to be more like Christ and allowing Christ to refine us as we walk with him. But please remember that as long as we are still on this earth, before we get to heaven, we are always going to be broken. That's just the state of humanity, right? We're always gonna be broken. Um, But if we can accept the state of our brokenness and give it over to God and allow God's strength and wholeness to be made apparent in our lives, then we get to release that burden to the Lord, right? So I just wanna close by saying that um, no matter where you are, um, whether you feel like you're in a state of brokenness or whether you feel like your life is together and you, you know, you're going through a good season of your life, brokenness will always come. But I encourage you to find, find rest in the fact that God's grace is sufficient for you, whatever your situation is, and that his strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. So in our states of brokenness, in our state of weakness, his power is made perfect. And so, um, you know, call, or 
Josh talked about, um, you know, perfection at the beginning and how God is perfect and his perfection doesn't depend on us at all. But just be encouraged that you're not enough and that's okay. And you're not expected to be enough, but we um, can rely on God because God is enough and he's perfect even when we're not. Amen. Y'all, that's my boo. So, <laughs> hey, um, real fast, y'all can go uh, go ahead and go to the back. I'm gonna uh, just share with you for just a second to close tonight, um, just a real mini message for the next 45 minutes. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Claire is the only one that laughed. Everyone else was like, I think he's serious. Um, you know, there were a couple of uh, points, a couple little ideas that, that stood out to me. Before we close the series, this is just, you know, a couple of things that I wanted to make sure that you heard from us, uh, just about brokenness. Um, you know, one, I think a lot of times, you know, like, like a lot of our leaders share tonight, you can feel like you're going through stuff all alone and nobody else can relate. Nobody else, uh, you know, knows what you're going through. And I think a lot of times that makes us isolate. Have you ever like isolated yourself from a community, uh, from church, from friends, from your family? You try to block people out. I mean, this is like a, a natural like mechanism for us, right? We, we try to do that to, to safeguard us. And, and I want to tell you, I really do believe isolation is a trick of the enemy. Because if he can get you alone, if he can get you alone and where you're dwelling on thoughts and all of these things that are going on in your life, I believe that you are weaker alone than we are together as believers in a body where we encourage each other to keep our eyes on Christ. And so I guess hear this, we've said it every night uh, during the series, but don't try to make it through all the stuff on your own. Okay, my, my first point that I want you to hear is uh, you have to go to someone, okay? We have to go to someone with our brokenness. And listen, the first person you've been hearing us talk about you go into during this whole series is go to God with your brokenness. Go to God and talk to him. Go to God and lay these things down. But another aspect that you haven't really heard us talk about very much that you need to hear is you need to go to someone. You need to go uh, to a Christian friend, a, a Christian leader, one of our youth leaders, to me. You need to go and talk to somebody about what's going on in your life instead of trying to make it on your own, okay? Because we all do it. It's foolish, and we, we realize that we can't do that. Uh, but you know, Proverbs 8.14 talks about how God holds strength in wisdom. Uh, Proverbs 24.5-6 through 6 talks about how there is a wisdom and a multitude of counsel. Otherwise, where there's wisdom, there's grace, there's strength when you go to other believers for them to support and encourage you, right? And so uh, that is exactly what we want Powerhouse to be, a community where we, we talk about what's going on. Hey, listen to me. If you're here tonight and you've been going through stuff and you've been carrying weights and burdens and all that stuff, hey, talk to somebody so they can help you through it. It's good when you go to a Christian who knows their Bible and they can give you advice and not just go to your best friend who's gonna give you some sorry advice and self-help stuff. Go to somebody who knows the Bible, okay? Because God's word alone has authority. Your friend's opinion doesn't matter that much. We can just be real. Okay, uh, the second thing that I want to make sure that you understand, um, hurts and wounds today will lead to greater strength tomorrow. Uh, hurts and wounds today will lead to greater strength tomorrow. You know, I have a little funny story. When I was a freshman, um, I was playing football at Redwater. I remember we were doing, uh, doing our two-a-days and, and all of that stuff, and I actually broke my collarbone, uh, this shoulder right here. I broke this bone into three pieces, okay? Uh, so I don't know if I just got hit weird or what, but it shattered, and it was actually trying to stab out of my skin, pretty graphic. Uh, anywho, I remember I had to go, I had to have surgery. Uh, the doctors put a big metal plate across my whole uh, shoulder here, and I have six screws that hold it like all together, and it's healed and all that stuff now. But I remember I came out of surgery, and, uh, and I just, you know, I was still feeling pretty good from all the pain meds and whatnot. And um, I asked the doc, uh, you know, like how everything went or whatever, and he just said, you're never going to break that shoulder again. <laughs> I said, oh, praise God. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty funny, but a lot of times I feel like we forget this. You know, when you, when you, when you get cut, when you get hurt, uh, uh, you know, when you're working out and you tear your muscles down, man, what happens is there's a response and you get stronger. It, it recovers, it heals, right? And a lot of times those, those areas of brokenness are stronger than they even were before. 
And uh, some of you need to hear that stuff that you're going through right now, it's going to make you stronger, that God can grow you through this. He can learn you. He, he, can, uh, he can help you uh, man, to, to mature and trust in him in a greater way where you are stronger uh, for the things you're going to go through in the future. And, uh, and so in the midst of brokenness, you can be thankful that God can use that. And, uh, and I'll pray that God would even speak over you that, hey, those things that have been broken in the past, you'll never break again. Like that would be an amazing word, right? And, uh, and so tonight, man, we've been talking about this for three weeks Hey, I know that there's some students here that you're going through some stuff and, and drama and issues. Probably you still haven't even talked to people about some things that are going on in your life and all of that. But I just want to have a minute where we stop and we pause and just connect to the Lord. And so we're not even going to have the worship team come up. We're just going to have a, a, just a second here uh, before we, we close. And we actually want to go into huddle groups for a second. But I just want you to close your eyes. Just where, wherever you are, close your eyes for a second. Bow your head. Try not to fall asleep. And I just want you to think about your life for a second. If throughout this series, if anything's been revealed to you that maybe it's an area of brokenness, maybe a struggle, maybe a hurt, maybe a scar, maybe just an area where you just feel like you've been damaged, I want you to think through and recognize some of those areas. And right now, just in, in your head, you don't have to say it out loud. I just want you to say, God, I give this area to you. God, I can't heal it. I, I can't fix it. God, I can't fix what's going on in my family. I can't fix what happened. I, I'm sorry. I, I wish this, these things would be different, but would you just give it to God and just say, Lord, would you come and heal this area of my life? Would you come and touch this area? Come on, we're talking about how we need to go to somebody. First, we've got to go to God. And so I want to say a prayer over you. God, we just thank you right now. How do we know that there's people all over this room that have areas that are broken? And Lord, we lift them up to you. Lord, we proclaim that you are our healer. God, you restore. God, you make us whole. God, you touch these areas, Lord. People all throughout the Bible had one encounter with you in their lives that were forever changed. And so, God, we just pray right now, God, all over the room, every issue, everything that has been lifted to you, God, you would come, you would intervene. God, you would, you would make whole, you would touch that area, you would touch that family, you would touch that wound, that scar. And God, we pray that you would heal it. You would make them stronger than, than they ever were before. In Jesus' name, we praise you today. Amen. Amen. Hey, last thing. You know, we're talking about how we've got to go to God. Secondly, we've got to go to somebody else. Man, and tonight, uh, I want us to break up and into our huddle groups for just a few minutes, connect with leaders. And maybe, you know, there's some things that are going on in your life that you need to be kind of bold and just step out and, man, share with your group so people can be praying for you, holding you accountable, man, encouraging you. But even if there isn't something that, maybe you want to share in, in the group. Maybe there's something going on that you just don't feel comfortable sharing in that big of a group. Tonight, before you leave, I want to challenge you. Hey, grab a leader, grab a youth leader, grab your huddle group leader, grab uh, man, one of us that you respect, that man, they know their Bible, they can point you towards God, and would you talk to somebody about what's going on in your life? Because if there's nothing else that you've learned in this whole series, it's got to be that we can't do it on our own, and we need God and we need others, right? And so let's do that. Let's be that for, for each other tonight. Let's love each other. Let's encourage each other. And, and most importantly, let's point each other to God. Amen.